Hello and welcome to the Happier at Work podcast with your host Aoife O'Brien. The podcast for anyone who wants to be happier at work. We spend so much of our time at work. Everyone deserves to be happier at work. Welcome to episode one of the Happier at Work podcast where I'm talking to Furkan Karayel about diversity and inclusion. Together we look at what impact does a diversity and inclusion program have? What are the priorities or where should companies begin when it comes to DNI? What trends are the current trends at the moment? And the most important question, how to be happier at work using diversity and inclusion? We also look at things like how Ireland compares to other countries in relation to diversity and inclusion and what brings Furkan joy in the workplace. Let's get started. So welcome Furkan to the Happier at Work podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Thank you very much for the invitation, Aoife. My name is Furkan Karayal. I am the founder of Diverse In which is a diverse and inclusion platform that we bring people from different backgrounds together to make equal and happier workplaces. Fantastic. And can you tell me a little bit more about your background and how you got into this? Sure. I'm actually a software engineer and I worked in tech companies in Ireland for 10 years before I started Diverse In. And women in tech was always my passion from very young ages. I always wanted to to start an initiative about women in tech and getting more women into um, into technology to uh, to tech related roles and women in the leadership as well. So that was my passion. Fantastic. And then after uh, after working as a software engineer, I realized that actually if we bring all different voices together from unrepresented groups, including uh, disabilities uh, at workplace and, you know, LGBT people or different ethnic and uh, cultural background people, then our voice will be even heard better and we will be an ally to each other and we will solve, we will get into uh, inclusive workplaces earlier. So that was my mission, actually, to start diverse in. Brilliant. So you saw an opportunity to promote diversity, for want of a better word, to to bring people together and to have a collective voice and a shared voice. Yeah, well, I can't really say that I saw this as an opportunity. I actually wanted to be part of an organization that supports all diverse communities. And I looked for it, but I couldn't find one. Then I didn't want to bring another um Come another initiative about women in tech. I wanted to really look at it from a, a broader perspective, and I searched for other people who are expert on different communities, and people connected with me. It started as a community work, and then that's how it all um, evolved later on. And it all evolved from there. Yeah. Fantastic! What a fantastic initiative. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So can you explain a little bit more about what diversity and inclusion really means? Yeah, diversity for me is uh, getting people into uh, into the table, having people from all different perspectives into your organization or to your environment, and inclusion is... 
basically sharing the cake on the table together. Okay, brilliant. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is my my perspective for uh, inclusion and like diverse like di- inclusion is where we want to achieve diver but it comes with diversity. Okay, okay, I see. And what what is the impact that that has on an organization? Mm-hmm. There are actually many, many research shows that diverse and inclusive workplaces increase productivity, it increases happiness at workplace, and it also brings better products. It also re- uh, relates to increasing revenue, but um, there are like, like it, looking at different organizations, they experience different uh, benefits for diversity. At the end of the day, we all want to be happy and joyful at the workplace that we are giving most of our time during the day. So that is um, that can be achieved by bringing more people, bringing uh, different people into the organization to uh, to our environment and including them in the journey. Fantastic. So it's really you might say about bringing your whole self to work and being able to be yourself at work. Would you agree with yeah, that? That's, that's so important. At the end of the day, we are not robots and we can't be expected to behave like um, in certain norms. Everyone has uh, their authentic self and it's so important to bring that authentic voice into the workplace. If we get, um, if we put a mask into our face, each morning when we are going to work and if we are not being ourselves then it's so tiring like um we can't really it is not sustainable it's not gonna be productive and it's at the end of the day it's not a happy environment to work for so bringing your own self authentic voice to where you work where you spend most of your time is so important that's where many organizations must open up um, an opportunity for people to become themselves and to be accepted at the same time. Great. Are there many organizations, or, or do you know this, that, that have a diversity and inclusion program or that they're running one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are many organizations. It's um, According to the research, actually, uh, many organizations either want to start and they believe in the benefits of having a diverse and inclusive uh, working en- environment however they don't know where to start okay uh, what are the priorities and etc so this is um the the main problem that we are solving with diverse and actually we are offering um uh, and opening up a conversation with them and starting their uh, diversity journey from scratch um so like uh, even though they all believe at this stage uh it's it's a it's a journey that they have to take the step to to discover what they can actually do because every organization's structure and their needs and their priorities are different so it's all um like opening up the conversation and starting from uh from these programs are great i know many uh, also organizations have already started uh to these journeys 
but we can say none of them have completed something. I mean, in terms of no, no, nobody have reached to uh, to the final destination because this is all learning uh, learning processes, and we are all in the journey either at the beginning or close to the end. So it's um, that that is uh, that is the current situation. So it's a continuous journey and maybe you never reach the destination because you're continually learning you're continually implementing new practices Mm -hmm. great there will be always new challenges the the trends will change we have trends for diversity as well and uh, and we have to accommodate those trends in the in the uh, working uh, in our workplaces as well and Depending on the organization structure, we need to really see what needs to be done there or why do actually they want to start it. Starting with why, yes. as, as Simon, um, Simon Sinek says, yes. is, is the key as well. Okay, great. So what, what would you say are the current trends? Well, we actually published an, uh, an article about the trends. So I can mention one of them is you hear many companies are in in media getting into uh, let's say like scandals about discrimination, racism, and so on. Like Me Too moments are and other things that people really talking about and opening up uh, with the following of. Uh, unconscious bias trainings at workplaces in some cases they are actually forcing people not to even communicate with people from different backgrounds so uh, we now are we need to more be conscious about how actually we can balance that so like with uh, like with the current situations going on uh, within the world that we need to be really careful about how we are delivering something that will have an impact that will work for that organization okay and you mentioned earlier that in dealing with different organizations each organization is quite unique so it's probably difficult to maybe have a generalized approach but are there any tips that you would give uh, you know, just on how to get started. So you mentioned about starting with why, like why do you want to have a diversity and inclusion yes. program? But like what would mm-hmm. be the first step towards making it happen? Yeah, the first thing I would say, as you said, why do you want it? You know, what are your priorities? Where do you think that, um, in what way you think that you will want to see the benefits of it? You know, what are your metrics and etc. The second thing is, I would ask is, are you really engaged with your employees? According to the statistics, over 80% of uh, employees are not really engaged yes. where they work for. Yeah. So are we really engaged? Because it all starts up with the conversation, with the right tone. And the third is, I can say, how can you turn your... Um, uh, problems let's say or issues into uh, into a solution with the employees that you have as a part of the solution so 
that means if there are things to do, there are always things to do in terms of, you know, engaging with employees or listening to other communities or getting these people together and etc. So including employees' voices in the solutions and giving them responsibility and uh, letting them uh, bring a solution that they design brings uh, a great solution because uh, they are the people who will be affected out with the outcome of this and they own the problem once they own the problem and the solution that they bring that's going to be more successful than somebody is coming and lecturing about like the theories one two three and etc so these are my three tips actually brilliant i love so much that you're talking about including the staff the existing employees in kind of formulating the diversity and inclusion program because i mean that that speaks volumes in itself because i mean the, the clues in the title inclusion you know so including existing employees mm-hmm. I, I think that's and then brilliant they can be, they can be the, um, uh, the ambassador for their own uh, inclusive uh, inclusive uh, environment so they will be the people who will be running they will be the people who will be bringing more you know, better solutions. They will be the ones who will bring more feedbacks and maybe retest the program or the activities, the solution, and so on. So I think that is uh, that's one of the keys. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you. And you mentioned about employee engagement and how eighty percent of people worldwide are not currently engaged in the workplace. Do you think that there's anything that we can do to address that using diversity and inclusion? Well, um, yes. Uh, well, with uh, like diversity initiatives starts with engagement. So without the the, the, the good in engagement, the diverse and inclusion, uh, how to say, um, works and activities cannot really start okay so this is the this this is a, uh, the main point to start so in what whatever the environment that you want to work for you want to feel engaged that means your voice is counted and it's taken into consideration and you acknowledge that as well which is uh, very important uh, according to another survey by hbr Harvard Business Review, it says 90% of employees want to feel joy at work. However, when it comes to actual feeling of joy, it's down to 37%. That shows me um, many people have good intention to open up about their needs and their expectation about the work. But if they are working in an environment that doesn't listen to them or doesn't this in doesn't take their voice into an account then they have no other option than either living uh, either working there um, until they find another job or living straight away or burning out or imposter syndrome and etc you know this better than uh, better than i do Eva. Um, <laughs> i know that you have a lot of uh, uh, articles about imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I certainly do. Become known as the imposter lady recently. So, uh. 
great to have somebody talking about these, you know, vulnerabilities and um, imposter syndromes and etc. Definitely. So in engagement is completely related to a employee's happiness at workplace. Yeah. And the research shows that they have a high expectation of feeling joyful. However, they don't actually feel. Yeah. So this gap shows that to me that there is a big um, missing uh, piece from the employer's perspective. What yeah. do you think of this? It's it's interesting that they use the word joy specifically. It it, it makes me think of Marie Kondo and the idea of sparking yes. joy. And yes, to me as well. I yeah. Although um although I'm talking happiness at work, the word joy itself to me I probably wouldn't associate necessarily with work, so it's an interesting choice of words. But um it's it's mm-hmm. fascinating that so ninety percent of people want to feel joy at work, but only thirty seven percent actually do. And yes. that is related to basically feeling heard at work and having your needs met. Mm-hmm. That's an area that I'm doing my research for my dissertation. I'm I'm looking into how need satisfaction at work relates to job satisfaction and engagement. So it's an area I'm particularly passionate about. So thanks for bringing that up. Very good. Very good. We also recently um, did a survey for women in, uh, in, in the workplace. If you want, I can share the results of the, the, the report. So basically, uh, we had in our research, we had 75% of the attendees from diverse backgrounds and the rest are from uh, local, local people. So it says that basically for 100% flexibility is the key for them to feel satisfied at their workplace okay yeah and was there a specific type of flexibility um flexibility in terms of working hours okay working from home you know committing times and etc fantastic so this is a hundred percent and for the productivity the 75 percent prefers to have um a space that they can actually either meditate or have a short nap at their workplace because of the long commuting hours. 75% of them needs uh, a space that they can relax during lunchtime. And another one says that um, 75% of them actually says that they like to celebrate their birthday at workplace, which is uh, which was very surprising to me because <laughs> I never like to celebrate my birthday. I at, yeah, I always like to celebrate workplace. my birthday at work, <laughs> so I, I would be okay. within that seventy five percent. Yeah, and um, and eighty eight percent of them says they had a toxic manager or a negative person who impacted their career in a in a uh, in a negative way in uh, in their journey or in their career yeah basically. I can definitely relate to that 
definitely okay. relate. It's interesting about the flexibility and the reason I asked about what kind of specific type of flexibility um, was because that, that I just wanted to drill in and understand was it to do with the working hours because that relates back to one of our basic needs as humans, which is autonomy. So if we have control over the number of hours that we work or where we work, you know, so if you have the opportunity to work from home, to to be flexible in terms of when you show up to the office and, and when you leave the office. So I know that in my last workplace, we had that and it was a fantastic initiative in terms of deciding, you know, you could miss the traffic by arriving early or arriving later um, and kind of leaving mm-hmm. at corresponding times then. But it's really, yeah. really important in terms of driving job satisfaction uh, is this sense of autonomy or control over what it is that you're doing and, and how you're doing it. So that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with the flexibility. In, t- in today's world, I think this is, and even they said that it's more, flexibility is more important than um, the, the salary they receive. Yeah, I think once you reach a kind of a minimum needs requirement, let's say for a salary, I think the other thing, the other factors start to become more important then. So if you have enough money to live on and to live, to live comfortably, to live in a similar lifestyle that you're used to, then I think the other factors are the ones that really become more important in terms of driving that engagement and satisfaction. Um, I, I had a question for you in relation to Ireland uh, and how Ireland compares to other countries in relation to diversity and inclusion programs, if you have any thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, diverse initiatives are um, a little bit new for here, for Ireland, uh, comparing to US and the UK. Uh, but I think we are ahead of mainland Europe in, in this sense. Um, Again, comparing to UK, we are nearly like five to ten years behind with the initiatives and with the with the actions that we are taking on in terms of, you know, consultancies, in terms of building uh, employee networking groups or um, uh, engaging with people in terms of uh, getting more uh, inclusive workplaces. But uh, from another side, uh, Ireland has gone through a, a long way for bringing awareness. We were not really talking about inclusion like five years ago. I haven't really heard much going on in the media or in, in the workplaces. However, diversity was a little bit you know, the buzzwords about like a few years ago. But um, it, in the last, I can say, two to three years, it became really a trend for organizations and especially here in Ireland. And many organizations, even though they were not really thinking to do something about it, now with the demographics of Ireland changing, and with the new talent that Ireland is bringing to uh, to the workforces, they feel uh, more open to bringing some solutions to their uh, companies. 
so like it's changing so much between then and now so it's in a good way so it's uh, we are still in the journey the awareness uh, building awareness is great we are talking about uh, how we can actually solve our you know um, diversity or inclusion related problems now than five or ten years ago I, I think the next step could be bringing more diverse voices into the leadership so people some people are not really still ready for that they are thinking why would we need people from you know um, like different communities or different backgrounds in the leadership the reason is it's not about bringing somebody different to the leadership but it's about bringing an equality into the leadership because like many years ago even now if you look at the ey report it will say um like around like 80 percent of companies still don't have anybody in their director level from lgbt group for example or from different uh, different nationality background people or different uh, skin color people so what it shows is if we have a demographic of an organization which is around like 30 percent from a very diverse um, people you would expect at least few people in the management level because it's a diversity doesn't really mean that let's get people into the entry level just right after graduation we have them in every single company related photos and etc it means giving the same opportunity to them it's not giving somebody a favor it's giving the equal opportunity to anybody doesn't matter what their background is yeah if you know what i mean yeah absolutely there was a an event that i attended and somebody mentioned a quote and i really really liked it she said that there are people from migrant backgrounds and many people want to empower them however she says they are already empowered but they are looking for equal opportunity to get into jobs okay i like that it's it's about giving the same opportunity to others it's not about um getting somebody different or painting the picture that will look good in the company photo yes it's about the equality yeah yeah Mm -hmm. This is the same situation when somebody is applying for a job. They get a hundred applications, but eventually they get to choose one person for the role. So they shortlist, let's say, five people so that they have an interview with five people. So getting into the shortlist, um, what what are the factors that would impact is uh maybe name of the applicants would be one of the things that people uh, some organizations would, wouldn't still say that okay 
we are not really looking at name of the name of the person but we consider them with their skills and um whatever the experience they have on their cv however i don't believe that this is applied yet so the names their people's uh, background is actually getting into account as if okay this person's name is sounds uh, a foreigner person so would they have any legal issues working in ireland is there any issues dealing what would be the first language of that person it's not only about um it's not only about look but what uh, other things that uh, bringing other people into the next level would cause for them well it's difficult seriously it's difficult to understand uh, from um, others perspective but giving the same opportunity to um, to people from wherever the background is is in some cases it's not applic- it's not applied and it, you you can see it that it's uh, you know it's it's not happening like we don't see many people on the television from different backgrounds while like 18% percent is a big number yeah. when you compare then why don't we actually see that many people in either like tv shows yeah. or in the news and the media and yeah in the media yeah. yes or in the uh, in the uh, in the website on like news channels and etc so mm. um uh, yeah they, they all need more consideration it's not it's not that they have bad intention but it's about the consideration it's about the uh, the the mindset of where our organization is going and what we actually want to bring into this environment to make people happy and joyful great brilliant and so I'll, I'll um i'll round up our conversation with the question that i ask for all of the guests which is what makes you happier at work i am so happy to see the impact of my work for other people's careers we so far we uh, educated over 250 uh, people in our workshops we published over 100 articles in diverseIn.com website and we provided over 300 diversity tickets for either conferences or other workshops that people wouldn't either uh, afford uh, afford to go into those uh, 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 workshops so and every day to be honest when I I get up and I feel like oh my god I have tons of emails to reply I have this and this work then I say for kind these are the things that are bringing you joy like Marie Kondo says yes <laughs> so don't rush them this is something that you really enjoy take your time and enjoy your journey this is what my uh, motto is if I don't enjoy the journey then you do the things for like an obligatory it's mandatory i have to 
but this is for to bring me joy so i see the joy when i go to a workshop when i receive the feedbacks from our attendees when i receive um great conversations from um uh, from other people so uh, this brings me joy this makes me happy uh, to help other people brilliant that's yeah that's fantastic really love that so if people want to get in touch with you what is the best way sure they can contact us from diversein.com website which is d-i-v-e-r-s-e-i-n.com diversein and they can find us in any social media accounts with the same name and they can um they can share actually what makes them happy at work and we would be delighted to hear from them brilliant that's great thanks so much i really enjoyed speaking to you today i learned a thing or two for sure and uh, i hope you enjoy the conversation as well oh yes it's my pleasure thank you very much for the invitation if i really enjoyed it great thank you Well, there you have it. Diversity and inclusion from Furkan Karayel. Having diversity in the workplace improves productivity, happiness and allows employees to develop better products. A diversity and inclusion program allows you to bring your whole and authentic self to work. Overall, it's a learning process. It's really a journey that we're on together and we learn as we go once we implement it. The key steps that Furkan outlined are start with why ask yourself the question are you engaged with your employees and the third step is to include your employees in the solution we also spoke about how important flexibility is especially in relation to autonomy which is one of the basic needs that everyone has in the workplace so i hope you enjoyed that podcast number one if you'd like to reach out to me you can find me on empowermentcoaching.ie i'm also on facebook and Instagram on empowermentcoaching.ie and Twitter at empowerment underscore IE. Thanks and speak to you soon. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the Happier at Work podcast with Aoife O'Brien. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review the podcast.